This is where great ideas about the financial world come together. Welcome to the Financial Forum Podcast with the president of Fortune Financial Group, Chris Galise. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Financial Forum with Chris Galise. Thanks so much for tuning into the program as we talk about investing finance and retirement. Chris is president at Fortune Financial Group, serving you in Northeast Pennsylvania, from Scranton to Wilkes-Barre, the Poconos, and all points in between. If you've got questions or concerns and you want to have a conversation about your own retirement situation, give Chris a jingle, get yourself onto his calendar and come in and see him. He's got more than 25 years of experience in the financial world and a great resource for you to tap into. Call him at 800-993-1526. And let's see if we got some questions and stuff that maybe we can help some folks with here on the program, as we always do. So let's dive in and see what Hannah's got for you over in Moscow. And she says, Chris, I am supposed to retire next month, but I haven't done any planning at all yet. I just realized that I still need to figure out my social security options, pension options, Medicare options, as well as what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Should I push my retirement date back until I figure some of this stuff out? Wow. Perhaps. Yeah. I, I don't know how etched in stone Hannah's retirement date is, Okay, uh, but I would strongly, strongly encourage her to either give me a call or give someone else a call that knows about retirement planning you know make sure you're talking to someone that is versed in retirement planning not someone who's just a uh, an investor or an investor manager because they may not all know all the ins and outs of retirement planning like she pointed out social security options pension options medicare options all of those things so you do want to talk to someone uh, that could tie everything together and that is something that you know we do here at fortune financial group but hannah reach out to someone and as soon as possible run the numbers like they say you know look at what you uh, what you're going to need to live on in retirement look at what your different pension choices will be look at what your different social security choices will be if there's a spouse involved you also want to pull in those numbers you do want to look at uh, medicare funding and the different costs that will be associated with with that and Someone, myself, another advisor can run all those numbers and they can let you know whether uh, it's going to work or not. And it might be that you're in a great situation and one of us will just be able to validate uh, what you're always thinking. But the opposite might be true. Someone might look at the numbers and find out, you know what, Hannah, you really can't afford to uh, retire just yet. And if that's the case, then hopefully you might be able to put the brakes on this retirement date and push it back a little bit. Looking at these things a month uh, ahead of time is is cutting it close. That's why I always encourage folks, the earlier the better to take it to look at the numbers because you don't want to have you know, too much anxiety as you get closer and closer to retirement. Uh, ideally, this should be a time of, uh, you know, of great joy, of great anticipation, where you're just, uh, you know, counting the days down and looking forward to starting the next chapter in your life. So certainly, Hannah, please reach out to me or someone else who could, uh, you know, help figure these things out for you. Well, great question. And Chris, let me play devil's advocate for a second for other listeners who might hear something like this and maybe in the same boat and they kind 
kind of maybe do you people go into this kind of area and say, well, I'm supposed to retire next month and it's just too late to do anything. I'm just going to like let the chips fall where they may, or is it not too late? Can you still get in there and, and talk with someone and hopefully get some things taken care of? Uh, it, it depends on the situation, Mark. And like I said, I don't know where she works or anything, so right, I don't exactly. know how etched in stone her retirement. It might be something that they've already hired her replacement. They've already started to train her replacement and you, you know, you really can't go back anymore. You know, some companies are, you know, pretty uh, strict with that. Or it might be a small company where there's a ton of flexibility where they you know, you know, will allow her to delay it six months or a year or ho- however long it might take. So it's a case by case situation where, like you said, play a devil's advocate if the numbers don't work. You know, hopefully, you know, things can be uh, changed for her. All right. So let's hit our next question here from Tom in Plymouth. And Tom says, Chris, I don't understand the Social Security spousal benefit. Now, my wife worked about five years before we had kids and has not worked since. Uh, But she at least has a benefit of her own in some amount, I'm assuming. So what would she be entitled to? Okay, this is a question I get all the time, especially from folks uh, in Tom's situation where one of the spouses really hasn't worked a lot to uh, potentially accumulate significant Social Security credits. So how Social Security works when you are married is that you are going to be entitled to collect the benefit either on your own work record or a percentage of your spouse's work record, whichever is higher. So for Tom's wife, if she only worked about five years, it's it's probable that she doesn't even have enough quarters accumulated into the Social Security system that she can collect the benefit on her own. So what will happen is then she then will be entitled to collect some of Tom's benefit. And how that works is the maximum she could collect would be 50% of his benefit. So let's just say, for example, Tom's entitled to $2,000 a month from Social Security, if that's the case, his wife would be able to collect up to $1,000 a month. That's the maximum. And the reason why I say, Mark, that that's the maximum is that it depends on when she starts collecting, at what age she starts collecting. Okay. So mm-hmm. if she starts collecting at her full retirement age, and I know this gets a little complicated, uh, but everybody's full retirement age for Social Security is going to be different depending on the year you were born. So if you were born in 1960 or later, it's easy because your full retirement age is going to be 67 for Social Security purposes. If you were born before 1960, well, then it's going to be a little bit different. It might be 66 and 10 months. It might be 66 and six months. It might be age 66. <laughs> so, you know, you have to check out what year you were born to see what the what the full retirement age is. So to get 50 percent, you have to wait until your full age. And also your spouse, in this case, Tom, will have already had to start collecting his own benefits. So oh, you, okay. can't collect, you can't collect a spousal benefit unless your spouse is also collecting their benefits. Now, the next question that might come to mind is, what happens if you start a spousal benefit before your full retirement age? Let's say you were born in 1961 and your full Social Security age is 67, but you want to start it at 65 instead. 
well, then your benefit's going to be reduced. Instead of being 50%, it might only be at 40%. Uh, if you collect it at age 62, it's going to be reduced all the way down to 35% of the benefit, and that's going to be reduced permanently for the rest of your life. So coordinating spousal benefits with Social Security is a tricky proposition, so you want to make sure you know how the rules work so you can make the decision that's going to optimize what your benefit will be. Well, great question, Tom, and a lot of information in there. Hopefully that helps you out. Uh, give Chris a call to talk with uh, talk with him about this more indefinitely. Obviously, there's a lot of little nuance there, so give it him a is. jingle. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a ho- lot. Hopefully I didn't confuse people. As I, no, as I think that was listening. pretty – yeah, I think that was pretty succinct. I, I was tracking pretty well, and I think so. I think folks will as well. But if not, give him a jingle. Talk him about specifically about your situation, 800-993-1526. A lot of investors – well, and advisors too, really, can fall victim to fuzzy math in retirement. So I got some statements for you that might be employing fuzzy math. You let me know what you think about some of these and as we wrap up, okay? Okay. Now, is it, now could that be maybe a vice presidential quote? Was it a, uh, Al Gore <laughs> that used to talk about fuzzy math? It could be, yeah. And we, uh, maybe we'll do a, a weird vice presidential quote one one day because Dan Quayle had some interesting ones. So, yeah, we can maybe uh, right, right. He's right. He's spelling. Uh, there was a spelling of spelling potato. Spelling thing, yeah, there was yeah. Dissing yeah. on Murphy Brown. Yeah, so, yeah lots think, of weird things through the years. Right. Yeah, vice, maybe that's part of the vice president's role. I don't know, to say weird things. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Right. All right. So mutual funds, uh, I'm invested in average 7% annual growth over the last five years, and I'm perfectly happy with that return moving forward. Might this be fuzzy math? Right. And, that, and you know, another way to, you know, this is kind of, you know, they, they call it, psychologists call it the recency bias, right? Okay. You know, especially the last decade, the market has done really, really well. Sure. You know, people have gotten used to, you know, almost double digit returns consistently. And people have almost started to expect it, to think it's right. going to be the right. norm. It's it, It's going to last forever. And wouldn't that be great? You yeah, know, sure. I, I mean, if I can average 7% from down till the end of time, perfect. <laughs> I, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. <laughs> right. But the problem is, and, and the further we get away from 2008, the more that people forget that uh, markets could do a lot of damage to your retirement portfolios when they're going down. So don't just focus on what's happened recently and think that it's always going to be that way. The good times are not always going to keep rolling and make sure your portfolio is set up. It's going to be that there's going to be some protection in there as well, that if the markets do turn against us, that all of a sudden your entire nest egg is not going to take this massive hit. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And we do kind of lull ourselves into a bit of a false sense of security. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but at the same time, we we also have a lot of people saying, well, it's been 10 plus years, you know, it's coming any day. And, and so it's just really, you know, it's just kind of just jumping from one foot to the next, I think. So again, sometimes fuzzy math and kind of eluding ourselves with some of these numbers can get ourselves in trouble. Uh, how about this one, Chris? It's definitely best to wait until 70 to start Social Security so that you can get the biggest monthly amount possible. Might that be fuzzy math? Well, I mean, no, it's not fuzzy math, right? If you look at the statements that Social Security sends us, okay. they, 
They used to send them yearly, but right. you know, with the whole paper reduction movement that is taking place really yeah, across go online, the, the right? country and across the world, they, they're really only sending them every five years now. So to get them more up to date, like you said, you have to go online, you go to ssa.gov and you could set up an account for yourself and then you could view those numbers anytime. But if you look at the numbers, there is a stark difference between what your benefit will be if you started at 62 compared to what it would be at your full retirement age, which might be 66 or 67, and then compared to what it would be at age 70. So okay. everybody's Social Security report is going to have three numbers on, 62, full retirement age, and 70. And like I said, there is a big, big difference between those numbers. So the math is there. The math is a fact. Okay. You could verify it. And like Ronald Reagan says, you could trust, trust but verify. verify. You could verify it. <laughs> Waiting till 70 is going to give you the, the biggest possible monthly check. But is that right for you? Yeah. Well, maybe we I should have said, is, that, is the break-even point going to be the right place at 70? Is that a better way of thinking about it? Because uh, possibly, possibly right? okay. But yeah, so, so some people starting at 70, when you run the numbers, it, it is the right decision for them to wait till 70. But what if you have no other resources? What if you yeah. didn't do a good job of saving for retirement and you have nothing else to rely on but Social Security? Well, Maybe you can't wait until 70 then. Maybe you have to start it earlier. So is it going to give you the biggest check? No doubt. But is it the right? Is it right for you to wait till 70? It depends. Okay. So again, I guess a lot of the times when we're talking about some of these, again, these are generalized statements. So, you know, that's the kind of the point you want to make sure that whatever the scenario is, is going to be the right one with you. And so run those numbers so that you do have the correct information versus this quote unquote fuzzy math section we're doing here. And looking at the time, Chris, I think I'm going to go with the last one here. And we're going to wrap up the program for this week. But um, how about this statement here? They, they say that if I take 4% out of my portfolio every year without running out of money, that I can do this rule and this work will just be just just fine for me. So the 4% rule being the way to go. Yeah, it, the 4% rule, I think is a good guideline to mm -hmm. go by. You know, if you're, you know, sitting there and you have your numbers in front of you and you're trying to figure out if you're close or not to being okay for retirement, using the 4% rule is okay, right? And the 4% rule states that uh, you take a look at what your nest egg is you withdraw 4% a year, and then you increase that withdrawal a little bit each year to account for inflation, you should be okay and in pretty good shape as far as your retirement goes. So let's give a, you know, an easy example. If you have a million dollars saved for your nest egg, okay. you know, 4% rule says you could take out 40,000 the first year, maybe take out 42,000 the next year to account for inflation, then take 44,000 and so on. You know, so if you're sitting there thinking, hey, 40,000 a year in the first year of retirement, that's probably gonna be enough. Well, that at least gives you an indication that you are on the right path. OK, now you have to go a lot deeper than that. You do have to run the numbers to factor in so many other scenarios. But at least on the surface, I think using the four percent rule is, is a is a good guideline just to get started. But then there's so many other situations, so many other factors that you certainly want to explore. So don't let fuzzy math derail your own retirement plan. I hope this information we've covered on today's podcast is helpful. And if you have any questions about what we've discussed 
or want to explore the opportunity to create your own financial and retirement plan, I encourage you to reach out. And what we could do, we could schedule a time to talk and see if you'd be a good fit for our retirement readiness review. And what this review will do is it looks at what you have saved already for retirement. It looks at what your goals are and it compares what you have saved to see if it lines up to what those goals are. So in other words, is what you're doing right now the best way to accomplish your goals? So get your questions answered and get your retirement readiness review by calling 800-993-1526. Again, that's 800-993-1526. Thanks for listening to the Financial Forum Podcast. We'll talk to you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Financial Forum Podcast. Again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Chris Scalise, 800-993-1526. That's 800-993-1526. You can also get in touch online by going to fortune-financial.org. That's fortune-financial.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just search for the Financial Forum Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM. AEWM and Fortune Financial Group are not affiliated companies. Fortune Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Fortune Financial Group is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency.